Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out The Incline. I am your host, Kevin Klein. As you all know, MLB for all 30 teams is right around the corner. So on today's podcast, I'm going to break down the National League. I'm going to give you the Vegas win totals for every single team. And I'm going to tell you if we should go over or under what Vegas has given us. I'll give you an exact win prediction. And we're going to go division by division. We'll start with the last place team and work our way up to that division winner. So let's head out west to the National League West. Coming in in last place is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right now, Vegas has the Diamondbacks at 75 and a half. We're going to go under, though. This is a 68-win team. Is that a little aggressive? Possibly. But in my opinion, this team is awful. Last year, they won 82 games, but Paul Goldschmidt was traded for God knows what. A.J. Pollock left and Patrick Corbin left, both via free agency. Who did they get in return? Well, look out for Luke Weaver, who had a 5 ERA with the Cardinals last year. And then they signed Wilmer Flores. You may remember him as a New York Met. He did cry once, so this seems like the perfect fit to go to a team that also cries a lot. This team is so poorly run, they always declare themselves division winners in April. Put that cookie down if you think this is an 81-win team, because I've seen some projection sites put them that high, and that's just ridiculous. 
Some of their spring standouts I got to call out is Christian Walker. We've heard about this guy for a couple years now. He's been a little touted. He's batting over 380 in spring, so this might be his year. I kind of like him. I'll, I'll give him that. And Yosemite Tomas is back in our lives. He's batting over 400 in spring. He kind of went MIA. Now he's back. There's definitely opportunities. Adam Jones is now a Diamondback after appearing to be on the brink of retirement. And then Peralta will be back. Guy always seems to be hot one month, fall off a cliff, come back, fall off a cliff. Just a never-ending cycle with that guy. Behind the plate, Alex Avila? The guy batted 160 last season. Jake Lamb, who is supposed to be a big part of this lineup, had major shoulder surgery last year. And he can't hit lefties. And he's batting under 200 in spring training right now. Outside of the hitters for Diamondbacks, I don't think it gets much better with their pitching overall. Yeah, the rotation's got Zach Greinke and Robbie Ray. What are we, in year four of that awful Greinke contract? What was the point of it? Why would you give Greinke all that money when you could have given it to J.D. Martinez and now Paul Goldschmidt? I expect either Robbie Ray or Granky to actually be dealt at this deadline because I don't expect the Diamondbacks to be in contention whatsoever. After those two guys, we got Zach Godley, who may have hit his peak at this point. Not looking too good in spring with an ERA over six. And then Luke Weaver, who was mentioned beforehand, had an ERA over five. And I just, I'm not a believer in Luke Weaver. I'm sorry. He's no Jeff or Jared. Yeah, they're not actually related, but. And then Taiwan Walker should expect him to be back at some point this season. And yeah, after that, it's just kind of a battle for who that fifth guy could be. And then this team's bullpen is just terrible. Archie Bradley is now expected to be the closer. He's had an ERA over six this spring. And he really fell off at the end of last season. I don't think he's going to be able to hold that job the whole way with Arizona next year. Along with that, they got other guys like Scherfe and Drise Chafin. None of them have looked impressive at all. And if Greg Holland is making this team, he had an ERA with over seven last year. And right now, in spring training, I saw his ERA is over 12. So how is this team supposed to hold close games with a bullpen that bad. I'm just not buying the Diamondbacks. I think we got to go very, very low. This is one of the worst teams in the National League. We had a little north, though, now. It doesn't get much better. Yes, the San Francisco Giants. 73 and a half over under. We're going to go with under. 70. 70 sounds like a nice number for this team. Last year, they did win 73 games. But... What have they done this offseason to warrant them to be any better? You know, last time I checked for the San Francisco Giants, their outfield is awful looking. Besides the defense, which is very concerning, they have guys like Slater, Duggar, Williamson. They did have Ferguson, but 
It looks like they sent him down after he was batting 111 in spring training. Slater's batting under 200, so it's not looking too good for him either. And Williamson, we've seen the best he's got. They might have the worst outfield in all of baseball. Go ahead and disagree, but tell me who's worse. And pretty much their whole infield is the same core that we saw last year. Brandon Belt, Joe Panic, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, and then Pablo Sandoval after robbing the Red Sox. He's one of their backups. And, you know, Joe Panic, Brandon Belt, they both looked pretty good this spring, batting over 450. And, you know, Joe Panic always has his best games against the Dodgers, so. But they play other teams as well. He hit most of his home runs against L.A. as well. And let's be real, Joe Panic, not the best of infielders in baseball. And Longoria is coming off his worst season. He batted around 240 last season. It can only get better, you would hope. Also, what's not helping this Giants team is it's an odd year. Does that really matter? No, but I like to rub that in to Giants fans. After that, you know, the rotation, it's all right. Although Madison Bumgarner has looked pretty rough this spring training. He just got rocked for seven runs the other day. But I do not expect him to get hurt this year. Two freak injuries in a row. Just stay away from a bike, okay? And then Derek Rodriguez, he's emerging to look like a solid pitcher. Not a fan of Derek Holland. I think last year he got a little lucky. Chris Stratton, Andrew Suarez, they're okay back-end guys. Jeff Samarja, if he can stay healthy this year, that would be a little critical for this team because he's kind of supposed to be one of their top guys. And they're, yeah, behind the plate, Buster Posey. They just got Nick Hundley as well to be a backup, but Buster Posey coming off serious hip surgery last season. If he is half the player that he was, that'll make the difference because last year the Giants were 29th in all of baseball in runs scored. And Buster Posey is the best player on this team. They lost Hunter Pence, who was, in my opinion, the heart and soul of this team. So we'll see how the clubhouse looks this year. But keep in mind, this is Bruce Boshi's last season. He announced he's going to be retiring at the end of the year. So you got to think the Giants are going to be extra motivated to try to win as many games as possible for their beloved manager, but with a talent this bad, I don't see them getting very far. The only positive thing about this team is their bullpen. Overall, it's pretty solid. Will Smith, no, not the actor, will be closing. Tony Watson is a good sinker ball lefty. Sam Dyson, he's a veteran. He's had closer experience. Ty Block, he can spot start when needed. And the only guy that's not looking great is Mark Melanson. Gave that guy a huge contract to be their closer, and he's been terrible ever since putting on a Giants uniform. He's looked very rough this spring training. And Johnny Cueto is out for the season with Tommy John surgery. So it's not looking too bright for these Giants this year. So go under. They could be last place, but I doubt it. We'll head a little south now to a team that is generating a lot of buzz 
Yeah, the San Diego Padres. Vegas has the Padres at 78 and a half. Last year they won 66 games. I think that total is a little too high though. I think the best bet is to go under. We'll give them 75 wins. Now the Padres have done a lot this offseason. I'm sure you've heard of this guy named Manny Machado. They gave him a 10-year contract. So Manny's making money now in San Diego. Not the worst place to live. I've heard they have good beaches. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you haven't. But check it out. So after Machado, they got Will Myers, Margot, and Renfro all returning in the outfield. Will Myers is a solid player. You know, he's finally got some more protection in that lineup, so maybe this is the year that he puts together another all-star worthy campaign. The infield, though, Eric Cosmer, who they gave a lot of money to, and he did not look that great last year. He's back at first. Veteran presence of Ian Kinsler now will be at second base. They got Urias projected to be their shortstop, and Machado will be playing third. Austin Hedges is catching, but watch out for Mejia. That guy is looking like a future stud behind the plate. So it's a really young, exciting core. So Padre fans have a lot to be excited about in the future. They probably won't be as good this year, you would think, but going forward in upcoming seasons, you got to think they're going to make some kind of postseason run. Tottis Jr. is another guy to keep an eye out on. So the Padres' farm system is very deep right now. A lot of people think they don't have pitching, but I kind of disagree. I think their pitching staff is going to be pretty solid eventually. I mean, you look at it this way. Eric Lauer was thrown into the fire last season as a 22-year-old with very little minor league grooming. And he, he held his own overall. And this season, he's looked pretty sharp. He... He was able to go six innings without giving up a single run. And then Joey Lucchesi, another guy who was, I believe was 24 last year, he's projected to be the ace of the staff, and he's, he's had a really good spring. He's, his ERA is in that three to four range right now, and I think he's a good fantasy sleeper when you're trying to do late-round flyers. And then a guy that's just really stood out for this team is Chris Paddock out of nowhere with an ERA just above two. The other guys that aren't looking too good right now, though, are Perdomo and Mitchell and Nix and Kennedy. So definitely some openings there. But I'm hoping we'll see Din Elson Lamott return. He had Tommy John surgery last season. But he when he was pitching, he... He had some heat. He had some serious heat. And I really like this Padres bullpen. I think it's going to hold a lot of close games for them. And that's going to be key de- key for them for a lot of, you know, division games. And if they get prime time, that'll look good for them. Kirby Yates might be one of the best closers in the game that no one's talking about. Chris Stammen, Adam Warren. Uh, Erlin, Matt Strom. These are all solid bullpen pieces. They probably have some more guys because this team always seems to find 
players out of nowhere to just contribute to that bullpen. And they traded Brad Hand last season. They got Mejia for him. Overall, that's probably going to be a great trade for the Padres. I think the Padres' defense is pretty solid, too, overall. I mean, they got arguably one of the best defenders in baseball at third. And Eric Hosmer, he's a good defender as well. So, yeah. The Padres, things are looking up for them. All right. This team played in a game 163. They won the wild card game. They could only be the Colorado Rockies. Right now, they're projected for 84 and a half. This team won 91 games last year. I think that's a little low. I'm going to go over. I'm going to give the Rockies 85 wins to be safe because I think they're better than 84 and a half. I think they're going to be in contention for most of the year. They'll probably fall off near the end, though. I don't think they're going to play a game 163 this time. I mean, you look at who they lost. Yes, they lost DJ LeMahieu, who's one of the best peer hitters in all of baseball. He's now with the Yankees. And then Carlos Gonzalez is finally gone, giving David Dahl that spot for sure. Although Dahl is kind of injury prone, so we'll see how that works out. And then Ian Desmond, he's, he's now in the outfield because Daniel Murphy is their first baseman. And Ryan McMahon, who's looked pretty good this spring training, he's now second baseman. He's batting over 400 this spring training. And then you got Trevor Story, who had a monster campaign last season playing shortstop, and the guy who just got paid big bucks, Nolan Arenado. He'll be third. Him and Machado... They're going to be pretty exciting when they go head-to-head because we're going to really find out who the best third baseman is in probably all of baseball. Not a big fan of their pitching staff. Seems to always be the issue for this team. Kyle Freeland, who's taken over as the ace of the staff, he's looked pretty solid. But after that, Herman Marquez, who was supposed to be the number two guy for this team, he's looked pretty awful this spring. Struggle with an ERA around eight. And then Tyler Anderson's nothing to get excited about. John Gray's either a home run machine or a strikeout machine. We just don't know. This guy's either giving up batting practice or he's striking everyone out. And then the biggest issue with this team is that bullpen. Their bullpen is terrible. They gave all this money for guys that are just not performing whatsoever. Last season, McGee, Shaw, Oberg, O, even Davis at times, they were all very suspect. And it's not looking too good going into 2019 for this bullpen. McGee and O are once again struggling. So the Rockies, they're, di- they're going to give some games away. And Charlie Blackman, who used to be a, an elite outfielder, he is showing signs of regression every year, and he's not looked too good this spring training. So Bud Black, he's a good manager. 
but I think the Rockies are starting to head towards the decline, not the incline. So that leaves us with one team. Who could it be? Well, they've, they're going to win their seventh division in a row. They've made it to back-to-back World Series. It is only one team, and that is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right now, Vegas has the Dodgers at 93 and a half. What did this team do last year? They won 92 games. We're going to go over, though. We're going to give them 97. And spoiler alert, that'll be the best record in the National League. I mean, who did they lose? They lost Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Yasmani Grandal, Alex Wood. But, who do they replace them with? A.J. Pollock. And this guy you may have heard of, Alex Verdugo. Yes, Verdugo, I believe, is going to have a breakout season for this Dodgers. They've been talking this guy up like a top-hitting prospect. I think this is the season we're going to finally see Verdugo just break out and get all kinds of hits for the Dodgers. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do for this team. And you know, Machado, he's gone too. Can't forget him. But we can forget Machado because Corey Seager is back, everybody. One of the purest hitters in all of baseball. Corey Seager is back. But guys like Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson, they've all been kind of struggling this spring training. So huge question marks overall for this Dodgers offense. Cody Bellinger is going to really need to turn it around because last year he kind of had a sophomore slump. And Austin Barnes looks like he is going to win that catching job with Russell Martin. And Austin Barnes has looked pretty great this spring training. He's making a lot of contact, putting the ball in play, and driving in plenty of RBIs. Now you look at the pitching staff. Last year, we got Walker Bueller, and he's only going to get better. I think by the end of this season, he's going to be considered a top-five pitcher in all of baseball. Clayton Kershaw, serious question marks with him. He's been dealing with some shoulder and throwing issues this, this spring training, so we haven't seen much of him at all. So he's going to start the season on the injured list. Hunjin Ryu has been announced as their opening day starter, and if he can stay healthy, that'll be very big for this team. Then they got guys like Rich Hill, Maeda, Stripling, rounding out, rounding out that rotation. If Justin Turner can start the season healthy, he's got to be the MVP of this team. And that'll definitely make up for last year's dreadful start. And this team also has a solid bullpen as usual. Kenley Jansen is closing. Then they got guys like Pedro Baez, Joe Kelly, Dylan Floro, Scott Alexander. As a few examples of why this bullpen can continue to keep this team in games. So that's going to sum up the National League West. Yes, the Dodgers will win the division. I don't think it's going to be as stressful as last year. 
So let's move to the National League Central, why don't we? Coming in first, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right now the Pirates are projected at 77 and a half. They won 82 last year. But we're going to go under. I don't think they're that good. Give them 76. This team is so boring. I'm sorry. Sorry, Pittsburgh, but your team is boring. You guys did nothing this offseason. You let some boring players leave, and you added nobody. It's really funny when you can piss off Pirates fans. All you got to do is bring up Garrett Cole. Why they traded him away. And then just remind them that they then decided they wanted to win out of nowhere. And they traded some good prospects away for Chris Archer, who's vastly overrated. I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing. I think you guys are going to miss Austin Meadows. I think you're going to miss Glass now. The one exciting piece of this Pirates rotation is Jamison Tyon. He is a true ace in my opinion, and he's only going to get better. But after that, Williams, Musgrove, Lyles, that is not exciting at all. And then the infield... They lost Josh Harrison, and they lost Jordy Mercer, only to see now Eric Gonzalez, who was in Cleveland, and Frazier take over, and then Josh Bell is their first baseman, and the alcoholic Joe Hung Kang, he's now back at third. The outfield is solid, I mean, they got Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco, but what is there to be really excited about, Pirates? Your team is okay. The bullpen is fine. Vasquez throws heat, but he also will give up some games. I don't know. It's just it's just a weird team for me. So we'll move on to a team that there's a little more excitement going on. It's the Cincinnati Reds. Right now, the Reds were given a nice, even number of 79. Last year, they won 67 games. But 79 is too high for me. We're going to go under. I don't think they're that good yet. I don't see a 12-win jump. I think they're a 77-win team at best. David Bell is now the manager. It feels like just yesterday he was a player, and then... Turner Ward is now the hitting coach. He was with the Dodgers. So who are the new faces? They got Yasiel Puig. They got Matt Kemp. They got Sonny Gray. They got Tanner Roark. And they got Alex Wood. But most importantly, they got rid of Homer Bailey. That should just be a parade in itself. Homer Bailey in that ridiculous contract is finally out of Cincinnati. No pitcher should ever go by Homer unless they are just giving up home runs left and right. Joey Votto, he came off a pretty mediocre season last year. He'll be back at first. 
And then Scooter Jeanette, he just went down with an injury. He might be out 8 to 12 weeks, and yet they don't want to give Nick Senzel the spot, who is considered one of the most exciting prospects in all of baseball. So keep an eye out on him. I think he's going to make an impact. I just don't know when. And then Suarez is back at third. He had a monster season last year. But the guy we got to talk about is Yasiel Puig. He's finally in a situation where there's absolutely no pressure to win. He's not going to be part of the whole analytics platoon. He'll be playing every day, assuming he keeps his attitude in check. And that's why I think he's going to have a monster season in Cincinnati. That ballpark is really hitter-friendly, and he's just going to be going up mostly every at-bat looking to hit a dinger. I think he's going to hit over 30 this year. And then that that rotation, you know, it got a lot better. Andrew Descalfani was their number one guy, you could argue, last season, and now it looks like he's dropped to fifth. But he's had a really great spring, so if he's their worst starter, that's a good sign. But Luis Castillo, who was so highly touted on, we expected a breakout season by now. He's looked really bad in spring with an ERA over 12. But wow, Sonny Gray, he's really turned it around so far in spring. We're going to see how it holds up in the regular season, but he's looking pretty sharp. And then Wood and Roark are just nice guys to round out this rotation. The bullpen, I don't know how their bullpen's going to be just yet, but I do like Hughes and I like the closing situation. So Reds are definitely trending upward. They're going to be competitive. They're going to win some big games down the stretch. They could throw a wrench in one of these other central teams' plans. So let's keep an eye out on them going forward. The Reds are relevant again. Who knew? So what do I say about this team? They made it to the NLCS last year, and they lost in Game 7. And now I got them dropped down to third. Some of you might be shocked. I was I was high on this team. I was one of the original people last year that said they were going to make the playoffs. And now I'm jumping off that wagon. I don't think they are as good as they were last year. Vegas has them at 86.5. Pretty low considering they won 96 games last year. But I'm still going to go under. I think 86. I think they just get there at 86. They're not going to make the over. The Milwaukee Brewers are not a playoff team this year. And you know why? It's because their rotation is terrible. Everybody, the starting rotation for the Brewers is not good. Chassin, Peralta, Woodruff, Davies. And it looks like Chase Anderson isn't going to make the opening day club now. What is going on with the Brewers' rotation? I know Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are supposed to be slated in there, but do they have the durability to last an entire season? I don't think so. These guys were bullpen guys last year. They're not going to be able to give you... 160 quality innings. And Zach Davies is awful. 
Peralta's not looked too good this spring either. People talked about this Brewers team being legendary last season. Cry me a river. This team got exposed in the playoffs. The bullpen was giving up all kinds of leads. I mean, besides Josh Hader, who was just a phenom, they just lost Knable, guys. He might be out for the season with an elbow tear. And then you're supposed to have me convinced that guys like Albers, Claudio, Guerrera, and now possibly Chase Anderson as a reliever and Barnes, I'm not buying it. Jeffers, he's looked hurt this spring training. We don't know when he'll be available, but he was awful last postseason. I don't think the Brewers pitching is what people are talking it up to be. Josh Hader can't pitch every day. And then uh, we look at the lineup. Pretty much the same, although they added Yasmani Grandal as their catcher. He's going to have a lot of clutch hits in the play, in the no, in the regular season, in the playoffs if they get there, which they won't. He's the worst hitter of all time in the postseason, so that can't be good. During the regular season, some of the outfielders are going to throw balls to him. He's going to drop them. He's going to get get some pass balls because that's just what Grandal does. Good pitch framer, but other than that, he just seems to fall apart in clutch situations. Ryan Braun, an MVP at one time, has promised to be a part of this launch angle campaign now. So what do I expect to see? Just more strikeouts. Maybe they'll hit a couple more home runs, but I'm not buying Ryan Braun having a good season. Lorenzo Cain, back in center. He's a good pesky hitter. Got to give him that. And then the MVP, Christian Yelich, right field. It's going to take another MVP season for the Brewers to be what they were last year, and I just don't see Christian Yelich repeating as MVP. Even though in spring he's looked really good hitting over 400 with three home runs you got to think that Christian Yelich just caught lightning in a bottle last season. And it's just this recency bias that has so many people on the Milwaukee Brewers. Jesus Aguilar looked great in the first half of last season, batting over 290 with 24 home runs. But that second half, he fell apart, hitting 245 with 11 home runs. It has me thinking that the league has kind of figured him out. And those curveballs really get him swinging and missing. I'm not buying Moustakis as a second baseman. I don't think that's going to end very well. And then Travis Shaw, he's so hit or miss. It's very confusing. Orlando Arcia, who reminds me of a young Javier Baez, he's a really good defender, so at least they got that going for them. But yeah, I'm off the Brewers. Not buying it. A team that I do kind of like, surprisingly, I did a lot of research on them, and I was kind of shocked that I got their win total this high. It's the Chicago Cubs. Well, Vegas right now has the Cubs at 88.5. But I'm going to go under because I still think that's just a little too high. I got 88 for this Cubs team. Last year, they did win 95 games, though. I think a lot of people fail to realize that this team won 95 games and their best hitter was hurt. Chris Bryant 
had lingering shoulder issues all season. So if he's healthy this year, he was an MVP, guys. And then another guy who was hurt for this team, Hugh Darvish, who has one of the worst contracts in baseball, in my opinion. He was hurt most of the season, too, for the Cubs. But if you Darvish can be close to what he was in those Texas Rangers days, you've got to think it can't get much worse than it was last season. Other guys to round out this rotation, Cole Hamels, who was one of the clutchest pitchers of all time, in my opinion. Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana, and then this guy, John Lester, who I got to talk about. I've been waiting every season for that year that John Lester just falls off a cliff where he just looks like he doesn't have it anymore. And this could be the year. He's really struggled in spring with an ERA over nine. But once that season starts, it's just, it just seems like Lester finds his way. But this could be the year. We'll see. We'll see. That's something to keep an eye out on. Their bullpen, it's kind of sneaky good, I think. If Brandon Morrow is healthy, which is tough because he's very injury prone, he's an effective closer. Chisek, Edwards Jr., Strope, Kinsler, Dunsing, they're all solid bullpen pieces. It gives Joe Madden a lot of flexibility. And Joe Madden is kind of coaching for his job. It looks like the team is willing to let him go at the end of this season if the Cubs don't meet their expectations. The season that Javier Baez gave us last year, I don't think it's repeatable. But it was a big surprise. He hit 290 with 34 home runs and 111 RBIs. That is just a monster year for Mr. Baez. Rizzo is back at first. The only thing that irritates me about Anthony Rizzo, it just seems like he kind of cheats a little bit by hovering over the plate to force that hit-by-pitch. Jason Hayward back in the outfield. Definitely overpaid for what he's done over the years, but he's a really good defender. And then Kyle Schwarber, Almora Jr., their other two outfielders. And Wilson Contreras, who kind of wasn't the Contreras we were hoping for last season, batting 249. He's a career 266 hitter, so look for him to rebound in 2019. But yeah, the Cubs, wild card team. They're a wild card team because there's one other team in that division that we got to talk about. The St. Louis Cardinals. Vegas has the Cardinals at 88 and a half. What did they do last year? They won 88 games. What are they going to do this year? They're winning 95 games. The St. Louis Cardinals made the most noise last in this offseason. No, not the Phillies. The Cardinals. How so? They won 88 games last year, and they just added Paul Goldschmidt to be their first baseman. He is either the best or second best first baseman in the whole sport. Last season, he got off to a miserable start in Arizona, and he somehow ended up hitting around 290 with 33 home runs. 
After that, this team has a really good defensive, um, good defensive metrics and lineup overall. I mean, Colden Wong is an excellent defender at second base. Harrison Bader is a really good defensive outfielder. Goldschmidt is a great defensive first baseman. And Matt Carpenter, he's also pretty good at defense. Who else is on this Cardinals team? Well, they got Marcelo Zuna, who was pretty hurt last season with some shoulder issues. Expect him to rebound in 2019. And then Dexter Fowler was really bad last year. And they're still paying him, so he's got to turn it around. But yeah, Matt Carpenter, as mentioned beforehand, he got off to a terrible start. And then he found the salsa. And he just started hitting home runs every day. It was insane. And then Yadier Molina, still behind the plate, a future Hall of Fame catcher. When you have him commanding the pitching staff, all is going to go well. Their rotation has Mike Mikolas, but he's not the guy that we should be talking about. It's Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty is in for a breakout season. I think he's going to have the kind of Aaron Nola just out of nowhere, future top five Scion kind of pitcher. And then Waka, Wainwright, they're not much to get excited about. This could be Wainwright's final season. It probably needs to be. And then Dakota Hudson, I believe, is starting in that rotation. He's a very talented prospect, and he could be someone to keep an eye out on. He is a rookie, but he's looked really good. He's got good stuff, and I believe he's going to make an immediate impact when he gets the ball. And then one of these reasons the Cardinals really struggled last season was that bullpen. But now they got Hicks closing. They signed Andrew Miller. Cecil is in there. And then Alex Reyes, who we got to hope he's going to be healthy this season. He's had some tough luck with injuries. He's going to start the season in the bullpen, I believe. And then Carlos Martinez. We're still waiting to find out if he's going to make the rotation or if he's going to be in the bullpen. But if he's in the bullpen... That's a huge upgrade. He looked really good last season for them in that role. But it all just depends on that shoulder. We want Carlos Martinez to be healthy because he's a great starter as well. So now that Mike Matheny got the boot, last year Mike Schilt really got this team to rally. They were in that pennant race. Now that he's there manager full-time, look for the Cardinals to really have a good season. I got them going to the NLCS at this point. I think they're that good. So we got one final division. We're going east now. The National League East. Who's going to start in last place for them? It's only one team. The Miami Marlins. They're so bad. They're embarrassingly bad. Last year, they won a whopping 
63 games, which is kind of a shock. Vegas has them at 63 and a half right now, but we're going under. 58. We'll give them 58 wins. They lost JT Real Muto, and they added nobody. I mean, Brian Anderson is one of the positives of this team. And Cooper and Brinson. Brinson's looked really good this spring training. He has five home runs. But other than that, this Marlins team, really boring. Their rotation is very questionable. I mean, Jose Urena is right now their ace, but he's no ace for sure. And then Wei and Chen, awful on the road. But somehow he just does really good at home. That was a really weird thing last year. And then Richard and Lopez, both guys, you just don't know what you're going to get for this season. And then that bullpen is really thin. I don't know how they're going to hold leads at all. Derek Jeter, I don't know what's up your sleeve, but it's not looking too good in Miami. And it doesn't help that Don Mattingly is their manager, because Don Mattingly is just awful. So then the next team we're going to talk about is the New York Mets. Right now, Vegas gave the Mets 85 and a half. They won 77 last year, but we're going under. Give the Mets 79 wins. I just don't think they're that good. Yeah, they have a strong top three in that rotation. Jacob DeGrom, Zach Wheeler, and of course, Thor, Noah Syndergaard. But I kind of have a bold prediction that if Jacob DeGrom doesn't get that extension that he's asking for, I think the Mets are going to trade him this season. I really do. They added Robinson Cano. As long as he stays off the PEDs, and he's a really good second baseman. They added Wilson Ramos to be their catcher. He he did a really good job last season. This team was 23rd in runs scored last season. I think it's going to get better. Their outfielders are kind of boring. Conforto is just so hit or miss. One month he's on, one month he's off. Brandon Nimmo, he's a really good outfielder overall, but he kind of strikes out too much. And they just really struggled to score last year. We'll see if that improves. They have a really good bullpen, though. I mean, Edwin Diaz as their closer, that is pretty huge. And then Familia as a setup guy, it's a really good bridge to hold those close leads. But, you know... Frazier and Lowry, they're going to start the season hurt. Watch out for Pete Alonzo. I think he's in for a sneaky good start for the season, and he could put Frazier's job in limbo. So I don't know what to think of the Mets. I just, I'm not buying them as a good team right now. I think they should trade one of their starters and just get prospects in return. They really need to build that farm. So coming in third... Even though they won the division last year, the Atlanta Braves. They shocked everyone by winning that East. They won 90 games. But Vegas has dropped them down. They got 86.5 right now. I think that's too low. We're going to go over. We'll give the Braves 87 wins. 
Ronald Acuna Jr. cracked the scene last year, and he blew the league away. Now that he's got that first year under his belt, he's going to be so good going forward. We'll see if he's a perennial MVP candidate this year. I would not be shocked if he is. Outfielders also include Enciarte and Marquez. They're both back. Both are solid hitters overall. They both me counted on for defense. How about Josh Donaldson now as their third baseman? When Donaldson is healthy, he the guy's an MVP. Oakland looked pretty foolish at first for trading away Donaldson, but Donaldson has been dealing with a lot of injuries the last few years. And now that they got Matt Chapman over there, I guess they're not missing him so much after all. But back to the Braves, Freddie Freeman and Ozzy Osbys, they're both really good infielders, and Freeman was close to winning an MVP last season. I expect another fantastic campaign for Freddie Freeman and Ozzy Ozzy Albies. Amazing start last season. He kind of cooled off in the second half. But now now that he got that experience under his belt, he's going to understand how to play out a full season without burning himself out too early. And he's my pick to be the second baseman for the all-star team this upcoming season. That pitching staff, though, got some question marks. Mike Fultonevich, he's got an elbow issue right now, and who knows how that's going to impact his 2019 campaign. Also, Kevin Gausman has been very inconsistent over the course of his career, so it's hard to count on him. Julio Tehran, his velocity seems to be dipping every year. Not big on him. And then that bullpen overall, it just has some holes. So I don't think the Braves are going to be as good as they were last year because there's two other teams that we got to look out for. Speaking of one of those teams, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Vegas has given the Phillies 89 and a half. I'm still going to go over. I think at minimum, this team wins 90 games. So we'll give them 90. Last year, they won 80 games. But their offseason was spectacular. They didn't add a big-time starter, but they added JT Realmuto, who's batting over 400 this spring, and most considered the best catcher in baseball. They added Gene Segura, went healthy, can steal bases, and get a lot of hits. They added Andrew McCutcheon, who once won an MVP. And I think in this kind of spot, he's going to really shine once again. Projected to be their leadoff hitter. And then, of course, the big guy, Bryce Harper, 13-year contract. Now that Bryce Harper finally signed with the team, which just felt like the longest off-season wait of all time, this is a fantastic ballpark and clubhouse for him to truly bounce back in. He didn't even have that bad of a season last year. Yeah, the batting average was a bit low, but the on-base was still really impressive, 
and he draws so many walks that if the people behind him can drive him in, teams are going to have no choice but to pitch to Harper. Reese Hoskins, the guy is just exciting to watch. I mean, let's be real. When Reese Hoskins was called out, called up, he literally won me a fantasy league. So yeah, the Phillies, they're going to score a lot of runs this year. It's going to be an exciting offense for Gabe Kapler. I think Gabe Kapler is going to prove to people that he is a good manager. We didn't even talk about their pitching yet. They got this guy named Aaron Nola. Last season, he really broke out. I was all over Aaron Nola. I told people, draft this guy for your fantasy team. He's a sleeper. And it really it really worked out. After Nola, Jake Arietta, Nick Pavetta. Now, Pavetta is a guy to keep an eye out on. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I think he's going to prove to be the number two guy. And then not far behind him, Zach Eflin, who's looked really good this spring. Uh, another solid arm. These are three good starters for that Phillies. And with Jake Arietta as the fourth guy, there's your playoff rotation right there. And then the bullpen, they actually have a pretty solid bullpen right now. Daniel Robertson slated to be their closer. He's a really good arm. Dominguez and Neris and Nishek all proven to be effective relievers. And then Tommy Hunter, Adam Morgan. The Phillies' bullpen is just solid. It's up there. I think it's going to be a top 10 bullpen this year. This is a team to just keep an eye out on. Because they could very easily win that wild card game. And the team that they're matched up against, which would be the Dodgers in this case, they're going to give them a run for their money. Maybe not this year, but next year. Would not be shocked to see if the Phillies are just a game or two out from being in the World Series. So there's only one team left, and it's the Washington Nationals. They lost Bryce Harper, but despite all that, Vegas has the Nationals for 88 and a half. I'm going to go over, though. I'm giving them 94 wins. They're going to win the division. I know they only won 82 games last year. But this Nationals team overall is just really solid. And they better not disappoint like they did last season. The rotation starts with Max Scherzer, top two pitcher. Steven Strasburg, who we just... We've always wanted to see that Steven Strasburg season where he just dominates for an entire 162 games. But he's just never been close to a Cy Young that we were hoping to see. He's got electric stuff, but it's just the injuries for him. And then they signed Patrick Corbin, who he didn't get the he didn't get the wins for the Diamondbacks, but you look at that ERA. 3.15, he pitched all 33 games, and he made 200 innings with 246 strikeouts, a whip of 105. Yeah, they gave him a lot of money, but if that's their third starter, that's pretty scary going forward for the other teams trying to win that division. 
Then Anibal Sanchez, who really bounced back for the Braves last year as their fourth guy. If he can give him what he did last year, this rotation is strong. And then their, their bullpen. The Nationals quietly upgraded their bullpen this offseason. I don't think a lot of people realize it. Right now, Sean Doolittle is their closer, and when healthy, he's really effective. But they added Trevor Rosenthal, who's dealt with some injuries and control the last couple years. But if he can put it together for the Nationals, it's going to be huge. And then they added Kyle Bearclaw from the Marlins. When Bearclaw was healthy, this was a guy that every team should have traded for. just didn't seem to work out. I think he's in for a really bounce-back season for these Nationals. And Miller, Grace, Glover... Gives them it just gives the manager a lot of options in these close games. But that's just the pitching side of things. We didn't even get to the offense yet. Juan Soto. That's why they don't need to bring back Bryce Harper. They got Juan Soto, everybody. Last year as a rookie, Juan Soto was so impressive. He's only gonna get better. As a rookie, he had in 414 plate appearances, at-bats, sorry, 121 hits, 77 runs, 70 RBIs, 292 average, 406 on base, and 22 home runs. How can we not expect Juan Soto to be in the MVP discussions this upcoming season? The talent is there. Him and Acuna the future is bright for these MLB outfielders. Victor Robles finally going to win the job, it looks like. Another rookie who's highly regarded as a great hitting prospect as well. The infield, really solid with Anthony Rendon looking to get paid soon. Trey Turner, fantastic shortstop, really fast. Ryan Zimmerman, who's put together a few good years as of late for the Nationals at first. And then a sneaky good signing, Brian Dozier. Dozier was just terrible for the Dodgers last year, which was unfortunate for both parties, you got to say. But when healthy, Brian Dozier is a true slugger. And you have to think he'll be healthy in 2019. He's replacing Daniel Murphy and I think he'll be better than Daniel Murphy for this upcoming season. Yeah, Murphy's playing in cores, but Dozier, look out for him. And then Jan Gomes is their catcher. Underrated guy. He's a really solid hitter. So the Nationals are winning the East, if you ask me. So, just to do a brief little recap. We're going to give the Dodgers the National League West. We're going to give the St. Louis Cardinals the Central. We're going to give the Nationals the East. The wildcard teams will be the Cubs and the Phillies. National League Championship Series, I got the Dodgers and Cardinals playing each other. Winner will go on to face the New York Yankees in the World Series. Last year, I had the Dodgers playing the Red Sox. In the World Series, I picked the Dodgers to win before the season started. I'm not going to pick a winner this year. I don't want to jinx anything. 
Last year, my MVP was Corey Seager. Probably not a good choice, considering he had Tommy John surgery on his elbow. And I picked Noah Syndergaard to win the Cy Young. I was kind of close. I had the Mets pitchers in mind. It was Jacob deGrom, after all. But this year, Cy Young, Aaron Nola. Yes. Calling it now, Aaron Nola is going to win the Cy Young for the Philadelphia Phillies. Manager of the year, Gabe Kapler. That could only mean one thing. Your National League MVP, Bryce Harper. Yep. I'm going with Bryce Harper, everybody. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to live up to that contract. And you're all going to think, wow. Maybe the Nationals should have signed Harper. Maybe they shouldn't have. But then the Phillies, they're going to look like the real winners at the end of 2019. We'll see how it all plays out in the future. But in 2019, they got their man. He got paid. Bryce Harper, MVP. Thank you for checking out the incline. You guys all have a great 2019 campaign. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.